Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. The Monster King is coming. Theo, Molly and all the monsters have only a week to prepare for his arrival. Will they manage as well as keeping all the monsters hidden from a new arrival? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Monsters Get Ready Theo was back at school. It was Monday already and he couldn't believe how fast time was going. They had just five days to get everything ready for the King of the Monsters to arrive on Saturday. And what was he meant to get ready anyway? Mr Thorne, their teacher, came into the room. Good morning, class. He smiled at them. I've got something exciting to announce. For this week, we will be working alongside a top biologist who's come to do some research in Wickety Woods. Please welcome Professor Toadspawn. The class began to clap politely and a short lady in green clothes with round glasses came in. She looked as though she could well have just stepped out of a pond. Oh, good morning. Thank you, children. Theo thought she was studying them as though they were particularly interesting frogs. But that didn't distract him from the main problem. Why on earth would it be this very week that his whole class and a top scientist would be in the forest? He couldn't help but turn behind him to catch Molly's eye. She pulled a face. They were to get started right away and so when the class had all put on their coats and grabbed their packed lunches, they marched down the special path that led from the school into Wickety Woods. Theo breathed in the fresh air, then pushed forward, trying to make sure he was one of the first into the woods. The monsters were all still giddy with excitement from the party and from knowing that the king of the monsters was coming and Theo didn't trust them to be as on their guard as usual. He noticed Molly push to the front too. Of course, the monsters were usually invisible and inaudible to anyone who wasn't a monster hunter, but that all changed if they did anything too obvious. Theo and Molly were right next to each other as they stepped into Wickety Woods, and it didn't take them long to notice a pretty big problem. The woods were spotless. The floor was clear, the leaves were gone, the twigs were disappeared or in neat piles. It looked cleaner than Theo's room ever was. More like a strange film set than any real woods. Oh no, Molly whispered, looking around. They must have been tidying up for the King of the Monsters, Theo said, frowning. We need to sort it out, quick. Molly frowned, then grinned. Okay, which monster is the absolute best at causing chaos? Hugo, Theo said, grinning back. Okay, one of us needs to talk to him. The other better keep everyone else distracted. He had glanced at his teacher and at Professor Toadspawn, who were both looking around them and looking confused. 
I'll distract, Molly said. Go on, Theo, quick. Molly stepped across the path and Theo heard her speaking loudly. Excuse me, Professor Toadspawn, but could you explain to me exactly what we're doing? As the professor started to bring out some complicated-looking maps and pages and say what they were looking for, mushrooms, animal homes, birds, just about everything, it seemed, Theo slipped into the trees. He let out a long whistle and moments later Matilda appeared, looking rather pleased with herself. Don't the woods look nice and tidy, she said beaming. They could look like this all the time if everyone just... Matilda, that's exactly the problem, Theo hissed. My class and a real scientist have come into the forest and it looks completely tidy. They're going to know something strange is going on. Listen, please, could you get Hugo to mess it up and fast? Without waiting for a reply, Theo stomped back through the trees towards his class and managed to join at the back without anyone noticing. Professor Toadspawn was just talking about whether all birds speak the same language. Right, well, good, Mr Thorne, their teacher, interrupted. Shall we start looking around? Just then, Theo heard Hugo's voice shout, Woohoo! through the trees. And then there was a gust of wind blowing past him, and then there was wind everywhere. Or at least that's how it seemed to everyone else. Theo and Molly could see the Flurris monsters, made of air and not much else, zooming all around them, and, more importantly, blowing leaves, twigs, pine cones and stones everywhere. It passed quickly, but the woodland floor was back to normal. Theo and Molly grinned at each other, and then everyone got to work. The monsters stayed out of the way, and Theo even enjoyed his work trying to spot things and learning even more about the woodland from Professor Toadspawn. He liked it so much that when Tuesday morning came about and they all trooped into the woods again, he was excited rather than worried, despite the king of the monsters coming and everything. As Professor Toadspawn showed them detailed illustrations of the mushrooms and fungi that she wanted them to look out for, Theo scanned the area and couldn't see any sign of the monsters. He had warned them to keep out of the way, and it seemed as though they had. Maybe the King of the Monsters wasn't going to be so bad. Could he really be any more difficult than the screaming giant baby Lurkus they had cared for? Could he be more dramatic than all the monsters getting ill from poisoned mushrooms? They spent the morning searching the woodland again and then went for lunch in the clearing. When Theo had just finished his yoghurt, something caught his eye. Floating in the sky, coming down toward him, were a few coloured feathers and an envelope. They looked just like the letter they had received, which had announced the King of the Monsters' decision to come to Wickety Woods. Theo stood up from the picnic bench and wandered over to the side of the clearing, hoping no one else would notice the letter. Maybe, he thought, just maybe the King of the Monsters had changed his mind 
Maybe Mr Sebastian had managed to assemble and convince the monster council already. The feathered monster dropped the envelope into his hand, then disappeared off into the trees. Theo opened up the envelope and started to read. Dear Monster Hunters of Wickety Woods, As you are aware, His Colossal Majesty, the King of the Monsters, will be arriving imminently to you. To ensure his comfort, he will require the following. Please make the necessary arrangements. A large home, fitted stylishly and comfortably. He must have plenty of space to relax and enjoy. This must be furnished with no less than 30 cushions. There must be an endless supply of sausages, a large, sweet-smelling warm bathtub available at all times. Lastly, a racetrack for His Majesty's pet llamas. We trust that the enclosed will be sufficient to offset the trouble. Yours monstrously, High Lord Snondleberg. Theo could hardly take in what he was reading. No wonder Mr Sebastian was worried. How on earth were they going to do all of that in Wickety Woods? There was nowhere big enough for a large bathtub that wouldn't be seen, let alone a llama racetrack. What have you got there, Theo? It was Harry's voice, and sure enough, his twin Ben joined in fast. It's a letter. Ooh, is it a love letter, Theo? Let's see, Harry said, swiping for the letter. Theo snatched it away and folded it, tucking it into his pocket. You can't see, he said roughly. People were starting to look now and Theo was aware his face was turning pink. Ooh, it is a love letter, Ben taunted. Is it from Molly or is it for Molly? Go away, Theo said. But his face was bright red now. Everyone was looking and Theo couldn't bring himself to look at anyone, or especially at Molly. Luckily, Mr Thorne called them to get back to work, and then it started to rain and they went back to the classroom. Theo desperately wanted to talk to Molly and make a plan, but he found he couldn't bring himself to go up to her right now, because maybe people would think what Harry and Ben had said was true. When he happened to see her face which he was avoiding looking at, he saw that she was looking pretty embarrassed too. After school, it had stopped raining. Theo went home, grabbed some food, then went out to the hollow tree. He gave a long whistle and Matilda appeared from one direction and moments later, Molly from the other. Molly's face reddened as she approached, but she'd stuck her chin out and asked him, what was in that letter then, Theo? Theo read it to Matilda and Molly, both of whose mouths opened wider and wider at each of the king's crazy demands. Molly shook her head and Matilda buzzed up and down worriedly in a way Theo had never seen before. What was the enclosed? Matilda said. What was in the envelope? Theo had forgotten that bit earlier, with Harry and Ben teasing him. He opened the envelope again and saw something in the corner. He got it out and laid it on his hand. It was red and sparkly, and though he certainly wasn't an expert in these things, 
he was fairly sure that it was a ruby. Molly stared at it, then frowned, then spoke with certainty. Let's go and ask Tricklemore. That was always a good idea. So the three of them walked through the forest towards Tricklemore's bath. The large, swampy monster was resting in the boggy ground, letting the water and mud seep into his sky. No skin. The large, swampy monster was resting in the boggy ground, letting the water and mud seep into his skin and hydrate him. He smiled at them and then they explained. When Theo had finished speaking, Tricklemore was silent for what seemed like a very long time. The others waited expectantly and then Tricklemore hummed for a moment, then spoke. It reminds me of one of the books the Honlobers were reading a few months ago. He spoke slowly and Theo wished he would hurry up. The Honlobers were jelly-like monsters with a library of books that people had dropped in the forest. They read and discussed them at great length. Tricklemore continued, You can't go over it. You can't go round it. In this case, you can't go in it. I think we'll have to go under it. Uh, sorry, Tricklemore, but what on earth do you mean? Molly said, echoing Theo's thoughts exactly. Tricklemore began to rise from the bath, mud and water dripping off him dramatically as he did. I mean, we need to call the Verbondans, he said. We must build the King of the Monsters a den underneath Wickety Woods. Theo gasped and Molly's mouth dropped open. Matilda began to chatter extremely quickly about the practicalities of such a plan, which Theo didn't catch but realised was just her way of processing the information. It was the only way. Theo, Molly, Tricklemore and Matilda made their way to the stump in the middle of the clearing where the Verbondans, great digging monsters that looked like giant turtles with no shells, lived. Tricklemore hit the stump three times, and then the monsters emerged through the ground, churning the earth as they did. And then they all sat around and made a plan. Theo drawing diagrams with a stick in the ground. It took a while to get it right, but eventually they had got it. The sky was starting to darken, but the Verbondans promised to get started that evening. It was going to be a big job but Matilda promised that the other monsters would help as much as they could. Theo got the letter out again. Just the sausages and cushions to work out now, and the bathtub smelling nice. We'll look at those tomorrow, Molly spoke firmly. See, together we can do anything. See you in the morning, Theo. She hugged him, then went a bit pink, and then walked off into the forest. Theo said goodbye to the monsters, then went home too. On Wednesday, as Theo's class got on with their projects, practising drawing what they found very accurately, the ground beneath them seemed to shake and vibrate. 
Professor Toadspawn and Mr Thorne were very confused, but Theo and Molly just ignored it and kept their heads down. Of course, they knew exactly what was going on beneath their feet. They managed to have a quick meeting with Matilda and Hugo at lunchtime and were surprised to find that Hugo had an idea. The farm nearby makes sausages, he said. I steal them all the time. I can get them for the King of the Monsters as many as he wants. Molly frowned, then Theo grinned. I don't think we should steal them, Hugo, but I bet if they found a priceless ruby somewhere, they wouldn't be too worried about some missing sausages. Hugo agreed to leave the ruby somewhere people would find it, and that was another problem sorted. All there was left was to make sure the bath was fragrant and that they had 30 cushions. I had an idea about that, Molly said. I think there's a load of old cushions in the village hall that no one uses. I'll ask Mr Clamworth if we can have them. Mr Clamworth was a sort of unofficial mayor of the village and Theo thought it was a very good idea. Molly said she'd do it after school and phoned Theo that evening to say she'd got them. Meanwhile, Theo had an idea of his own. Just before bed, he slipped into the forest with one of Mum's perfumes and went down to the Snorfle den. The Snorfles had helped him before by creating horrible smells to make people go out of the forest. But maybe, maybe they could make nice smells too. The Snorfles greeted him cheerfully and were intrigued to try the different smell. They practised and practised until what they created smelled quite nice. That would have to do, Theo thought, and he went home. Thursday was a very busy day in Wickety Woods, but despite the rumblings under the ground, the monsters were well away from Theo's class once more. He could even get on with his work without being too distracted, though Harry and Ben kept on and on making jokes about him and Molly. Theo gritted his teeth and ignored them. After school that day, Theo and Molly went and fetched all the cushions from the village hall, with Mr Clamworth cheerfully opening up for them. Theo noticed that Mr Clamworth seemed to have a soft spot for Molly, which was a good thing to remember. Theo and Molly took the cushions to the forest, sheltering them under a large tree as the Verbondans hadn't made the entrance to the underground den yet. Molly came round to Theo's house for lasagna and then they did their homework until Molly's mum came to pick her up. Just before she left, Molly whispered hurriedly to Theo, Don't worry about what Harry and Ben say. They're stupid. And, well, maybe it's better that people think that. Maybe they won't be suspicious. Theo noticed that she looked quite embarrassed. They are very stupid, he said, but didn't have time to say anything more before the mums were there. In bed, Theo found he couldn't sleep. Why did Harry and Ben have to be so awful anyway? Friday was the last day. Theo had no idea when the King of the Monsters would arrive, so they needed to be ready before morning came. 
He and Molly worked nervously in the woods with their class, and below them the monsters worked away too. After school, Matilda was waiting for them by the hollow tree. She was filled with nervous excitement. It's ready, Theo, and it's wonderful, Molly. You will love it. She led the way, bouncing more than usual as she went to the middle, most hidden clearing of the forest. Between some trees and under a bush lay a rope, which Theo pulled. It opened up a big hinge in the floor, which led down into a tunnel. They went inside. It went dark as the trapdoor slammed, but almost immediately hundreds of Lindelands hovering in the air lit the way. Molly gasped. It was magical. They walked down the passageway, which was beautifully lined with stone and wood, then came out into a huge underground chamber. Theo couldn't believe the monsters had done all this in two days. It was huge and dazzling. The walls were decorated with a beautiful forest mosaic, with bark and pine cones and leaves pressed artistically into the walls. Shafts of light came through openings in the roof, which Matilda promised were invisible from above. It was amazing. Matilda led them to the Llama racetrack, which was a tunnel with viewing places all around, then to the ginormous bath, which had been lined with stones and was filled with water and scented by snorfalls. They passed a cavern filled with Norfolos, who were busy cooking at a giant fireplace, heating water for the bath and making wonderful food. The smell of sausages filled the air. It was all completely amazing. Matilda led the way past a few more lovely rooms, then back to the Great Hall, where now many monsters had gathered. At the top of the hall, Theo now noticed a large throne covered in polished wood and the cushions from the village hall, which had been cleaned to perfection. He took a deep breath, then looked around at all the monsters who were watching him expectantly. Well done, everyone! He felt hugely proud of them all and wasn't even embarrassed when he realised his eyes were very close to crying. This is just incredible. The king of the monsters will be so delighted. And I, well, thank you so much. The monsters let out cheers and whoops and stomped and grinned and danced. Several of them came over to Theo to give him a big hug, punch or spray in the face to show that they were pleased too. Theo watched them fondly. Molly went to dance with the tall, thin Pollingtons. The monsters were crazy, wild, strange. How much more strange would the king of the monsters be? He would arrive tomorrow. But they were ready. The end. Thank you for listening. Join us next week when the Monster King finally arrives. You can catch up on Theo's first adventures too in series one. See you soon. Bye.